Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. Wanna see you peacock, cock, cock, peacock joins us. Let's get into that hockey story you had about an hour ago here, Dev. Yeah, so the story is uh, 10 days ago, there was this game in uh, Cambridge. Uh, there were between novice uh, hockey teams, eight year old kids where this uh, one rep squad from uh, Kitchener beat another one from Cambridge. 41 to nothing was the final score. They play 12-minute uh, 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 periods, and so it ended up being where the uh, Kitchener team was scoring more than, a, uh, averaging a goal more than a minute per game. And you think there should be a some sort of, a goal, they're scoring a goal per minute. A goal per minute, is the, yeah, that's what it's doing. <laughs> You think there should be some sort of mercy rule in place? There should be a mercy rule. Um, Forty-one to nothing is ridiculous. Like the the Kitchener coach was upset. The team that won was upset because it's not good for the the Kitchener guys to be winning by that much. The Cambridge team has not won a game this year. They're zero and seven. They've been outscored one hundred and thirty-two to four. <laughs> so like. They're eight years old. I mean, I'm not saying you, uh, like, I, I believe sports provides a lot of uh, lessons in life in terms of winning, losing, dealing with adversity, working with others, lots of good things. But also, they're eight years old. Like, at a certain point, just call the game, Kitchener wins, and then do something, like, sp- switch up the teams for that day and just play another game and just have some fun, learn hockey, learn the sport, and send the kids away happy. You've got a son who plays some hockey. What do you think about this? Hello? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you caught me off guard. I, I think that this has just gone way too far. I love that the coach had um, implemented that five-pass rule, bringing it back to center. That's awesome. But it was too little too late. The article that I read last night said after the game got out of hand, 41 nothing is unheard of in minor hockey. It's unheard of in any kind of hockey. Such a, and you know these are little kids who are absolutely in a competitive loop, but they're just learning. And so this is how you're setting them up to feel about hockey. I'll be shocked if this, these kids, you know, come back. Yeah. We talked a little bit about building character. Absolutely. You know what? We in my son's first year, we learned how to lose. We learned how to cheer for all the good things, even if we weren't getting goals. However, we were getting beat by such a wide margin. My other son's a goalie. I couldn't imagine watching him take 41 goals like that. That would just defeat the heck out of him. So where are the parents? Where are the coaches? Unless that kid really doesn't want to be playing hockey and his parents made him do it, and he just lets all the goals in to show, teach them a lesson. Who do you think is really more upset? I, I totally agree that like 41 goals, I've never heard. It's it's, it's ridiculous. Crazy. And, a, and a coach obviously should make the kids like pass it around and take it easy and stuff like that. But who do you think is more upset here? The kids on the ice or the parents watching? Because as a kid, I, I it was always tough around me to lose a close game. I... I I went to St. Columbus School in Mitchell. We got blown out a lot in a lot of different sports. Not hockey, but basketball, certainly. The close games hurt more than the blowouts, to me. I feel like it's the parents projecting their own feelings on the kids sometimes. Have you ever been beat 41 nothing? No, no, I haven't. But I've been beaten like 50 to 8 in basketball games in St. Columban and well, stuff. Basketball's different than hockey. I know, I know, but I'm just saying, you sh- like, I didn't, I didn't get depressed over it, you know. No, but you know what? It is really defeating. It is, and and yes, you're 
you're probably right. There is an element of the parents, um, but I, I gotta say, and my my two boys are very different. My oldest would have been crushed. Yeah. You know, so it depends on the kid, right? Whether he was four or six or ten or sixteen, he would be crushed. That is just absolutely defeating. Thank I, you so much for the call. We appreciate you sharing. We the phones are going crazy here. We got to go to someone else. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Hi, FM ninety six. Oh, good morning. Good topic. Thank um, you. I want to talk to you about uh, my brother Bernard, who was a defense player. And uh, they were, uh, the two brothers, uh, played with uh, hockey, and we're very serious about it. And I really enjoyed, as the Rotor sister, to enjoy them and have them uh, enjoy an experience of learning something new, meeting great friends, meeting wonderful Okay, mentors. okay, yeah, they, they played hockey, they met great friends, but what do you think of this? 42 to nothing. I, I think my brother is, <laughs> I don't know what they would have done. It I, sounds like you just called so it, you could hear yourself sad. on the radio. I can hear the echo. Yeah, the turn yeah, your yeah. radio off and call us back <laughs> with an opinion. See you later. I was born in 1971 <laughs> on a cold, brisk August morning. <laughs> Hi, FM 96. Damn. What what are your thoughts here? <laughs> My thoughts are is that the opposing coach should have known right away that his team didn't belong in that league, and they could have done something about it almost right from the get-go. Well, I think at this point, the team's been outscored by over 100 goals 132 this to 4. And, and it's yeah. only been six or seven <laughs> it's games. Seven yeah. games. Started. So maybe it's time to move that one team to a different division. Yeah, I'm assuming that probably one or two games in, they should have realized that they don't belong there. So the other the other team that won 42 nothing, they I'm sure they belong there because I, I believe that other teams are are beating that team just as much. So they're they're yeah. doing nothing wrong. The other team should have figured out they don't belong. Well, we uh, I believe have one of the parents of one of the children on the phone. Go ahead. Uh, my name is Krista. Krista, your uh, son plays on the Cambridge team that got beat forty-one to nothing. Yes. And what was uh, what was it like for you as a parent watching that? I didn't care at all, and the boys all came off smiling. They all had fun. Yeah. Last year, these boys played on half ice with no experience. So the fact that they are even on this team, they are so proud of themselves to just have that team feeling. And honestly, we're just proud of them for trying their best and trying to keep up and just keep going on the ice every time. So on, on the drive home, there was no tears? Uh, honestly, honestly, not one. What was the discussion like in the stands? Uh, like, Did they ask the parents if they wanted to keep going at any point? or? Uh, no, nobody did, in my knowledge. They just kept playing. Um, I mean, it wasn't the easiest thing to watch because I wasn't sure how the boys were going to come off the ice. Yeah. But they were so unaffected. What was the, the difference maker between the two teams? Were they just good on offense, or did they have a great goalie? Why was the other team able to... Uh, the other team, you could tell, was way more experienced as a team, yeah. or as playing at maybe this level. Um, so that showed a lot, like especially the speed. Because as I said, for our boys, this is the first time they're doing full ice. Yeah. So it's a big difference. All it takes, 
at that age is to have one or two kids who is a superstar and, and your team's going to be dominant, right? I'm not sure. They're all improving. Every game we see a little bit more improvement. And you know what? At the end of the day, this isn't the NHL. Yep. And we're just proud of our boys for going out there and having fun. You are the model hockey parent. Yeah. You are what a <laughs> hockey parent should be. And, well, I mean, I don't think people need to trash talk eight-year-olds. It's kind of low. Are your boys going to be excited to go to hockey uh, this week? Well, we uh, just had practice yesterday. Again, everybody had fun. They were all trying their best. And, yeah, my, my son especially, he looks forward to his games. Now, I they lost practice 25 nothing, but... <laughs> How do you lose practice? <laughs> well, if your kid is excited about the sport, he's still passionate, then who's anyone to say what's right or wrong here? As well, long that's as it-, it. I mean, these are kids. We shouldn't be killing their spirit. We should be boosting them up and saying, at the end of the day, have fun. As long as they're smiling, that's what's important. If they're excited about well, the game of hockey, then more power Keep to them. bashing them, and we're not going to have teams at all, right? Rain next three days. Tomorrow... Halloween could suck a little bit tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. Get the coat over top of the Superman costume. I'll never forget. One year I was Superman, Jim. I was just a little little guy. and Well, two things. It was a double double whammy because it was I was in preschool. And you, you know, you have like early memories. This is one of my earliest memories. I was in preschool and I was in my Superman costume that my mom had made me. I was on the monkey bars. I made it halfway across the monkey bars, then realized I had to go pee. And I peed my pants on the monkey bars. <laughs> Just like Superman would. In my Superman costume. <laughs> and it ruined, I had like blue leotards with red underwear over top of it. Mm-hmm. Very authentic. It ruined the blue leotards. So I had to wear blue jeans with my Superman costume with red underwear over top <laughs> of the blue jeans. And I was so upset about it because Superman doesn't wear jeans. And then on top of that, it was cold out, so I had to wear a jacket on top of my Superman shirt. Uh, so I just looked like a kid with jeans on and a jacket. Yeah, maybe in hindsight you could have just been Clark Kent, who's like halfway turning into Superman. Not the but same when you're that for a little kid. You're that pumped up. You have the perfect Superman costume. Yeah, and you go and pee your pants halfway across the monkey bars. <laughs> The monkey bars are your kryptonite. <laughs> I made it halfway. Yeah, like because it's not like it gets. Did it get steeper or is just you no, just got I, tired? I just I I probably should have gone pee before I went on the monkey bars. I had to go really bad. I made it halfway and there was no turning back at that point. <laughs> but I can re- I remember. You know, you have this. I remember thinking I was hanging on the monkey bars, and I thought, should I let go? But you're a little kid, that's a long way to drop down, right? The monkey bar is pretty high mm-hmm. when you're only like a foot and a half tall. <laughs> so I looked down and I'm like, nope, just go, buddy. If you if you drop down, the impact probably would have forced it out of you anyway. I may have pooped too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you may have to modify the costumes to do some trick-or-treating tomorrow night. My little guy is going to be... Uh, a pilot this year, Grayson. He's he's almost two years old. This will be the first Halloween where he kind of understands that something cool's going on, and he's yeah. getting free candy. He he eats candy this year. He didn't last year, but um, he's dressing as an old fashioned pilot. We got him a 
a deal on an old-fashioned pilot costume. What does that all involve then? It looks like a leather bomber jacket with the furry collar and then one of those leather caps. Love it. And goggles. Yeah. Long scarf or no? We may go scarf. You got to be careful. You don't want that thing getting caught up in the... The propeller? Yeah, because he does. Have, he has a little airplane that he's going to sit on oh. with a propeller too. Yeah, I've seen that. That's cool. <laughs> that he scoots around on. So we, we have a couple stops to make tomorrow night. I don't know if we're going to go door to door, but we'll go to Granny's mm-hmm. house and a couple friends' houses. Because all they need is the little pumpkin full of candy. Like that's, how many stops does a two-year-old really need mm, to make? That's all he needs, <laughs> but mom and dad need a little bit more. <laughs> According to a uh, new poll, 86% of parents steal candy from their kids after they oh, trick yeah. or treat. And 44% of parents expect to eat more candy than their kids will this year. Not surprising. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not 99% of parents have like dipped in for something, but I'm surprised that they eat all of it. Do kids get sick of it? And then the parents go, I'm just, I got to get rid of it, so I'm going to eat it? Or do they eat no, all the of parents, it? No, the parents are sneaking it out of the kids' bags. And that's what it's, okay. You eat the good stuff. <laughs> Mr. Big, do they still do the Mr. Big bar? Oh, yeah. I bought a couple different boxes of candies, and the one came with Mr. Big, Wonder Bar, and Caramilk. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Big, kind of a uh, an O. Henry ripoff, or maybe O. Henry's a Mr. Big ripoff. I can't remember the last time I had an O. Henry. But Mr. Big is like an O. Henry with a wafer in the middle, isn't it? Mr. Big has a wafer in the middle and then peanuts, I believe. Mm-hmm. With the chocolate. And it, then looks, o- it looks like an O. Henry. Yeah, yeah, because it looks like a lumpy piece of doo-doo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a classic toss it in the pool and scare everybody type yeah, of chocolate bar. Caddyshack special. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starburst. Those are always good. Little two packs of Starburst. Mm-hmm. Candy corn. Disgusting. I don't know why anyone eats those. It's actually an insult to give it to a child, I'd say. Not back in 1938, I'm sure, but in 2018, there's better alternatives. But an apple was a piece of candy back then. What about when you'd go to a dentist's house and they'd give you a toothbrush? Did you ever have that? <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> they should be handing out the most candy so they can reap That's the benefits. Right. Yeah, generate some business in yeah. that neighborhood. Is this your, your first or second Halloween? This is your second Halloween in your new house, right, Jim? This would be my second, but last year I had a soccer game, and so I left, a, home. So I left a bowl. It was at 6.30. I left a bowl out, and by the time I came back uh, two hours later, it was flipped on its side, and it was all gone. Looted. Yeah. We were thinking about leaving the bowl because we have, uh, we have Grayson, our, our two-year-old, that we have to take uh, to see Granny and a couple friends want to see him, and we'll do a little trick-or-treating with him so we can't be home. Um, I thought about doing the bowl, but putting a dummy next to it. So people, you know, when, like a life-size dummy and people might be like, is that a real person? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so scared. And then they'll <laughs> just grab a quick piece of candy and run off the porch before the dummy can come alive and yeah. scare them. It's like putting a fake cop car on a road. So everybody slows down, doesn't speed. Yeah, or one of those silhouettes of someone leaning against the fence. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? The farmer's the, thing. Yeah, the black cutout silhouette of someone. Yeah. The, the farmer's over there having a smoke leaning against the <laughs> fence. I better not steal this tractor. Uh, a motion light would work too as well. Maybe. Yeah. The motion light. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to dress up and... A little cow onesie that I have, and I'm looking forward to meeting the neighborhood because I haven't really talked to that many of my neighbors. The single dude who lives next to the park wearing his cow costume on Halloween. (laughs) I'm sure the neighborhood uh, parents won't tell their kids to stay away from your house at all, Jim. (laughs) My four udders sticking out the front just looking like a creep.
very strange question was asked by Jim to myself. You want to know if I'm interested in going for an IV with you, Jim? Well, I know it sounds crazy, but I ran into somebody at the uh, London Comic Con this weekend, and they are offering a new business in London. And I don't know if you've ever heard about this before, but it goes down in Vegas all the time where people get super drunk the night before. They'll feel hungover the next day, and there's an option where you can get an IV Filled with water and vitamins or whatever. I don't know if it's water. That doesn't sound right. But like something hydrating that you put directly into your bloodstream and it cures your hangover almost instantly. makes you feel awesome so you can get back and start drinking again. I, I know some friends who are doctors who have done that like on a bachelor party. They'll bring IV bags for... For the guys, yeah. The next day, I was I, I I was blown away that it was coming to Canada. It seems so. This is going to be a business where you can go and pay to have an IV the day after you get really drunk. Yeah, to I don't cure think your hangover. I don't think it's just for drunk. I think it's like if you just feel under the weather in general, but mostly when you're drunk. <laughs> like I had, I have a buddy who's a paramedic, and I didn't know he did this, but I was talking about this to a friend on the weekend too, saying this is amazing. This uh, this um, business, and he goes, "Oh, our buddy does that. He's a paramedic in like at baseball yeah. tournaments on a Sunday. Are we'll they put allowed that- to do that? Probably not. Or Are like- you allowed to administer? Well, I don't know why you wouldn't. But- you think they took like an oath or something? Right. You can only give an IV if you're in a hospital or a clinic. Are you supposed to be giving IVs in hotel rooms? But I'm sure not, rock stars and celebrities do it all the time. I know Dan Balzerian, who's like an Instagram celebrity, maybe a niche celebrity, but he does it all the time. I see pictures of him doing it. But, I mean, if it does, if it's not bad for you, like apparently it's real safe and not bad at all. So if there's no danger... I mean, as long as you're not using the same needle. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do like what Archie used to do at Pop's Diner with Betty and Veronica and do three straws <laughs> with one malt. Just dip the needle in some Jaeger to disinfect it and no, stick it back two, in the arm. two wires. You and I have the same bag, but two <laughs> wires going in. Hey, man, you know, interesting stuff happens in the country, too, some, sometimes. So I guess she's time for the rural report. R- rural, rural, rep- rural report. There we go, bud. Yeah, we like to keep track of things that happen in smaller communities in the FM 96 listening area and beyond. Who better to help us out with that than the pride of Mitchell, Ontario, Jim Kelly? Yes, Taz. How's she going, bud? She's going very well. Thank you for asking about her. <laughs> you ever heard of Simcoe? I have, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, one of the great things I like about small towns is the bond you could build with your neighbor. Uh-huh. You know, you can get real close and they almost become like family. But I also feel like in small towns, sometimes you have nothing better to do and you get a real, real uh, rivalry going with the neighbor as well over small things. Like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Exactly. You're at each other's throats over what seems like nothing, but it just keeps escalating out of control. Case in point, we've all probably lived next to somebody with a loud dog who just seems to be barking all day and all night. Well, 41-year-old guy on Grove Street, he's getting sick of this neighbor's dog. Two dogs in this house. He's knocking on the door. He's like, I, can you, they're sleep, they're, they're barking at 1 a.m. I'm trying to sleep. All day, all night, the neighbor's like, what can I do? They're my dogs. I love them. So Buddy's drinking on a Saturday night last weekend, and he goes, I can't believe it's 2 a.m. and these dogs are barking. He's, screw it. He goes outside. He starts counter-barking to these dogs. 
and getting them all riled up. So they were just kind of casually barking. He's barking outside like a madman, like a werewolf. And uh, these dogs are then going crazy, too, in response. And it's like a challenge. So the man is barking at the dogs. The dogs are barking yeah. back at the man. He's outside outside the window going, hur, 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 hur. And the dogs are obviously losing their minds. So the neighbor's like, hey, would you shut up out there, would you? So Buddy goes back inside the house. 2.30, the dogs are still going. So he goes back outside, says, I haven't had enough. He, hur, hur, hur. he starts barking outside the window, getting them all riled up. The neighbors are yelling at each other and... He's saying, you know, oh, you think my bark's bad? Wait till you see my bite. Oh, They're getting snap. at each other's throats, Taz. This goes on until 7.35 in the morning oh, when the police, yeah, the police are notified. And they're given a stern warning about the county's noise bylaws, right? I'm sure all the neighbors are then sick of these two bums going at it. But I'm telling you, this is why legalization is a good thing. We all need to... Take a pointer from Snoop Dogg and chill out a little bit here. (laughs) It'll help you go to sleep. Even when you live in a real rough neighborhood, it'll help you feel pooched and go to bed at night. That's the only advice I got for you. If you know of a story in a small town you think should be shared on the Rural Report, email it to jim at fm96.com. Want to see you peacock, Time for sports. Devin Peacock. Were there cheaters playing in the World Series this year? 100% yes. I know this because every team in the major leagues cheats. What? 100%. So the the latest controversy is uh, Dodgers fans are accusing the Red Sox, specifically their pitchers, of uh, cheating because there was this in the last game, David Price was coming off the field. He patted his chest because he was just happy and his hand was sticking to his jersey. There was a video from earlier in the playoffs, not in the World Series, where uh, one of the Red Sox relievers looked like he went and swiped across his arm, grabbed the ball, and pitched. The thing is, every team in the major leagues Pitches. Like, so what do they got on there? Pine tar? Isn't that what they use? Pine tar, uh, the maybe, but I think the probably the more uh, maybe more, it's just gross. More, the more likely uh, <laughs> idea is <laughs> yeah. they, they, there's a combination of sunscreen and rosin that you can use to get a better grip on the ball, and like every team does it. Like you'll see every team, like there's like bull, so they have bullfrog sunscreen. Every team uses it. They have a they have it on the bench. They'll have it in the bullpen, and they. Usually you, you smear some on your arm, put some on your neck. You go, you grab the rosin, you bounce it in your hand a little bit, grab your, touch your arm, and you go. So it's it's against the rules, but because everyone does it, they don't police it. The only times they... Why don't po- they get rid of the rule then? The only time they police it is when you are just over the top with it. So you remember a couple of years ago, the Blue Jays got upset with Clay Buckholz and the Red Sox because Buckholz's arm was just shining, <laughs> and he just like would grab. He would just. I was just being really blatant with it. Uh-huh. He said he was sweating and it was hot. It was like your arm is like sh- like shimmering. Like we can't see. Yeah, <laughs> when we're standing at the plate because of the glare coming off your forearm. Michael Pineda from the Yankees uh, last year was uh, suspended because he had this like on his pitching hand. It was just like it was like a big blob of brownness. Like he said it was dirt, but it was like wet dirt, and so it was clearly pine tar that he was just doing and then going. The hitters actually don't mind it 
because if you got pitchers throwing 95 miles per hour and they can better control where they are throwing the ball and it's not going at their head, they they basically say, you know what? I don't mind if you okay. do it. So yeah, I can see that argument. The uh, the rule is essentially in place. So unless you're just completely over the top and completely obtuse about it, then they will go out. They will suspend you. Otherwise, the league and all teams look the other way because everyone does it. You think the Red Sox did cheat during the World Series? They de- cheated, but so did the Dodgers. Kaka.